the house of God with, with brothers and sisters. Golly, you know, I mean, this is what it's about. It, it really is. From, and I was thinking uh, as we first got here from, from every part of this to everybody I've seen today, it has just been a blessing. Um, your very presence, you being here today, is a blessing. Amen? Um, before we get started, we'll pray. So uh, if you would, just pray with me. Father, we love you. Lord, we love you. And, and as it's been said here today, we love you because you first loved us. And Father, I just pray that, that, that whatever words are spoken today, that that just resounds in our heart more, more readily than it ever has before, Father, that we will know you more. Father, that, that the mystery of the gospel, the things that, that seem to confuse us, Father God, make them clear by your Spirit and in your Word, that we'll understand that we can be closer to you and closer to each other, that we can live and walk in your will and purpose. In Jesus' mighty strong name, amen. Um, there again, for those who are coming here, and I'm not Brandon, I'm Sean. Hello. Uh, Brandon will be back next week. Uh, he and his family are on a well-needed and well-deserved vacation. And uh, so we, as we've said, we just want to bless them and, you know, and, and, and let them rest. Brandon's actually, a pastor's work's never done, I guess, because this week he's going to be on vacation, but he's still got to be in school this week at Southeastern University. So uh, he's going to get to split some time, you know, between going down there and studying and getting filled up with the Word of God and teaching and being with his, uh, his family. Um, part of what we're going to talk about today and what we've been talking about, even though Brandon's not here, is a continuation uh, in the purposes in, in, uh, of the church. And when I say church, that doesn't mean this building, these four walls here. That means our purpose is we are the church. Look right, look left, and see the flesh sitting next to you. People, that's the church. Amen? It's not a place. It's not a denomination. It's... It's, it's not a group. It is the people who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and, and are walking that way for, to, for, to feel his purpose in their lives, his will in their lives. Sean, am I clicking out? All right. Am I pacing too much? Do I need to stay in this spot versus this spot? Because I, I have a tendency to wonder. That's why I'm not up here because I can fall off. Um, yeah, I know. There's too many wires up there, guys. Um, but part of what we've, Brandon's talked about and what we're talking about is these purposes of church. The last couple of weeks we talked about, um, we found this in Corinthians, and I, and, and I, do you have that scripture for us? Is that, and which one is this? Because I'll be honest with you, I forgot to look it up. 518. I see, I was, I, I was, no wonder I couldn't find it. I was looking in 318 this morning, and I was like, that has nothing to do with the love of God. You know, it always helps to have the right address, Amen. <laughs> but uh, in here we see that now all things are of God who has reconciled himself through uh, uh, Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Um, actually, that's not the scripture I wanted either. But that's okay. See, you know, I'm not going to get upset about it or, or excited. Uh, but that actually is really what we're going to talk about today but, because that gives us the purpose of God and that gives us what he, what he has intended for us but specifically, as Brandon's been kind of teaching the last couple of weeks, he's talking about the purpose of God. We say that God is love. 
And when we meet the love of God, when we meet Christ, it, it says love compels us to do some things, okay? And one of the things that Brandon's talked about is love compels us to worship. Is that when we meet God, that we can, it compels us to want to worship God, to exalt Him, and not just in our song and this, but with our whole lives. And then we talked about briefly that, that as we meet the love of God, that it compels us or it pushes or drives us to tell people about it. That, that once we get this love and once we have actually come into contact with it, we can't just keep quiet about it. It's important that we, that we tell others about it, that we, that we begin to speak it into being and to be able to speak it to each other. This morning what we're going to talk about is this what we're compelled to do, uh, another purpose of God. We said that there was a purpose was to worship, okay? Another purpose was to tell it. The purpose that we're going to talk about today of the church, that means you and me, is to, uh, serving others in ministry, okay? And um, I think that this is, this is where it kind of gets confusing to me sometimes, I'll be honest with you. Because I look at myself as an individual, I'm a roo- I own a roofing company, okay? So for the most part of my life, it's like, wait a minute, God wants me to serve others in ministry. Well, if I'm going to serve in ministry, doesn't that mean I need to go to seminary? Or doesn't that mean I need to be a really good Bible scholar? Or if I'm going to, you know, what, what is ministry? So I think the first thing we need to talk about today and get an understanding on is you know, what this means to serve one another in ministry. Because it is a purpose. It's, a pur- it's part of God's plan and it's part of His purpose for me and for you and for His whole body. Amen? Okay. Um, the first place to start when we want to look at it, the Bible says that Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Okay. If He's the author and perfecter, then if we're kind of wondering how something should look, if we're wondering what what our part should look like, the answer is we look to Jesus Christ because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. And um, so if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to to open to Luke chapter 4 with me, okay? This is Luke 4, 18 and 19. And as we look to Christ... And at this point in Christ's life, he had not been, quote, unquote, involved in ministry, but he was stepping into his purpose, what God was fulfilling to. And he had entered into the temple, and he had picked up the scrolls, and this is what he read aloud. And he was actually quoting Isaiah 61, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover sight to the blind, and to set liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, this is Jesus' coming out party, okay, and he's telling you what he's going to do, or say what he's there to do. He's there, well, one thing we've already talked about is to tell people about it. He's there to preach the good news, this mystery of God, this purpose of God. He's there to tell people what it is God's will and purpose is. And, how, and, and what does this look like? He says, well, he's there to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty and, and to give the sight back to the blind. 
So here's what he's saying is that what this world is lost and broke. I'm going to break it down for you. This world is lost. It's broken. It's got deficiencies. And I have come that you would know God's will, that God's love is that this be all restored, that everything that is broken in this world be made right. And I, and, and I, in that being Jesus, have come to do these things. I have come to reconcile, to fix what was broken. Okay? So when we look for our purpose and we look at ministry, what does it look like? It looks like Jesus. So we start having to say, well, well, what about me? How does, you know, I'm a student. I'm not Jesus. How, does that make sense that I'm supposed to do this? You don't have to. You don't have to. You see, he has done it, and he has given you every ability. The Bible says that every spiritual blessing in heaven and on earth is given unto you in Christ Jesus. So the fact of the matter is that you don't try to have to figure out how you're going to minister to anybody Christ will do that for you, and he's, and he's given you that to that. The thing is, is what we have to become aware of in our purpose is that there is a purpose for God in us and that there are needs that be met, and it doesn't matter. And ministry is not confined to just a certain amount of people. It's expanded to everybody in the body of Christ. Amen? Y'all with me? This is about our purpose and God's plan and purpose for us in this town whether you're in this town or not in this church in, in this this church which is the people whether you live here whether you attend here or not or whether you live someone else because guess what the needs of this broken and lost world are the same here as they are in Peru they're the same here as they are in China you know they're, they're everywhere you don't have to go far to see broken lost disrupted people and places that need the love, the healing love and touch of God. Amen? You see, and God is called to us to this purpose, this, this ministry to, to do this, to serve one another in this. You see, the love of God, and as, as I say this, and, and how we begin to understand this or how we begin to step in this is, is we meet the love of God ourselves. There's a part of us that has to realize that, hey, I'm broken, that, that, that things aren't right in this. And then when we meet that love of God, that wonderful healing touch in and, and the, and the Master, we accept what the Father has for us. The Bible says, John three sixteen what? That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that he loved you enough to give his very best, that if you would believe in him, you shouldn't perish, but you shall receive eternal life, the life that you were meant to have, the fullness of life in that, that God loved you to that, that you would be whole. So we have to recognize, number one, individually, that as individuals, that I, I, I couldn't do this on my own, that I had to have Jesus Christ. And then once I had received that love and it's been given to me, this forgiveness for all my sins... This mercy for, 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 for the, that. It's okay. It's all right. I'm, you know, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure there was a donkey uh, doing something when Jesus was talking too. You know, I mean, they had stuff in the temple. It's all right. Right? Come on. So, yeah, I mean, it probably wasn't a cell phone, but I'm sure there was somebody hee-hawing a rooster or something. It's all right. 
But getting back to our purpose in this, in this guys, is, is we begin to look at ourselves and see the need of that. When we receive the love that God has for us and we get into the face of that, it's overwhelming, isn't it? And, and you see, what it, the great, this love, this experience that we have in grace when we find Jesus, it compels us to do something else. This, this thing that when we meet this, it begins to compel us to want to serve and help others be whole too. You see, part of this is when we begin to recognize our deficiencies, we begin to recognize the fact that how much we need Christ, and then once we receive that, all of a sudden our eyes get opened. The mystery starts becoming revealed. What was cloudy, what we didn't understand, becomes, things start becoming clear to us. We see that there are other people around us. matter of fact, there are people all around us that need just like I needed. And what the love of God does is for us as, as Christians and as the church is it compels us to be able to get our eyes off of ourselves. That we're no longer concerned about ourselves only, but it, it begins to compel us to get our eyes. As we get our eyes on Christ and realize what he's done for us, he moves our eyes to the others, to the people next to us, that we, we can see that there are needs, human needs, that need to be met. And that's one of, part of Christ's ministry here, that, that to recognize the humanness, the loss, the brokenness in this world, and, and to be able to, to be in faith to step forward to meet these needs. I don't know about you guys, but without Christ and without the recognition of, of what he's done for me over and over in my life, I have a hard time getting my eyes off myself. If I don't go to, the, go to the Word of God and if I'm not praying and really considering who Jesus is for me, most of my thoughts and actions dwell upon myself. And what he's calling us to do right now is to grow up as a, as a body of believers and to get our eyes on him so that he can focus them on others, so that we can see these needs, to push past ourselves, to be what he wants us to be, what he's called us to be. You know, the thing about it is, is we say this, and, and this is the thing that, that really gets good to it. Raise your hand in here if you like being told what to do. I ain't seen any hands really shoot up there. Come on now. I mean... Don't you, you just get out of bed in the morning and go, I wish somebody would come here right now and give me a list of things to do. Anybody like that? Or, or, or how about this, tell you, you will do this. Does that make you feel good? Anybody like to be heard, you will do this or you won't do that? All right. Well, I don't either. But, you know, the thing is, is we, once we are... To receive the love of God and we understand that he is our Lord, that he is there to reconcile us, that he has reconciled us. Understand something, that he actually commands us to do something. Now, the Bible's full of commandments. Everybody knows the Ten Commandments. And if you go to the, the, the Leviticus and you go all that stuff that I don't spend a whole lot of time reading, and I'll be perfectly honest with you because I like the way Jesus did. He summed it all up. He summed it all up. As you, if you've been here long, you know the call of this church is to love God and to love people. And, and they asked him what the greatest commandments were. And he said, well, to love the Lord God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself. That's how he answered the Pharisees. 
And as he was moving on into his ministry, you know, when he started passing out commandments, he didn't get this big old book and say, all right, section A, line 1, subparagraph B will be this, and, and we're going to do this and do that. No, he, as far as I know, he said, I'll give you one commandment. I'll give you one. Anybody want to help me out with what it is? We'll find it in John 13, 34. Look in your Bible. It says, This, a new commandment, I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This, 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 this love that we've received, the purpose of that is that we must be compelled to and turn around and give it away. This grace that we've received we can't keep it for ourselves. We're compelled to give it away. This mercy and forgiveness that we received, we must be compelled to give it away. Amen? And it all starts with the love of God and moving in us in that direction. You see, the thing is, though, he didn't say, I wish you'd love each other, or maybe I think you ought to love each other, or here, even better, Sean, it would be really nice if you love each other. What he did say in this is, I command you, this commandment I give you. So, it really, was there any gray in that? Pretty simple. So when we're looking for our prophetic purpose of the church and what we're supposed to, what he says is, I command you. But, you know, there's something about us just in our human nature, as I said a minute ago, even if it's the king of king and lord of lords, when he says, I command you to do something, just by our nature, it goes, <coughs> well, command me to do anything. Amen? Come on now, y'all with me on that? And it doesn't matter. He, he, even in the face of his grace, it's just not a natural thing to go, I'm, I'm commanded to do this, you know, because... When somebody tells you something, you want to stick your chest out and go, well, I'll do it if I want to do it. If I think about it, I'll do it. What are they talking about? But understand that this is a command from Christ. But there again, as Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith, I want to show you something here. He's not asking you to do anything that he didn't do. The Bible said that he is the perfect lamb. You see... Everything that he commands us was given directly from the throne of God. You see, as he came, was born as of a man to live a perfect life, he listened to what daddy told him. The Bible says that, that as he abided in the Father, the Father abided in him. That he didn't say anything that the Father didn't tell him to say. He didn't do anything the Father didn't tell him to do. So again, this command thing... Jesus is not asking you to do anything that he hasn't already done. You see, the only way Jesus was able to, to do this is that he knew the will of the Father. He knew the purpose of God in this was this reconciliation through love. Amen? And so part of this, what you get to see today is, is Jesus begin with his disciples, and I'm here to share the word of God with you, is to realize this is your purpose. This is your purpose, is to love the world around, love those in the world around you, to take to them what they don't have, to be able to share the Father's heart. You see, Jesus 
he walked so closely with the Father that he understood that he, had to, he knew his will and purpose. It wasn't a mystery to him. It was plain. What we're here to do as a church to grow up is to unravel this mystery of God, this religion, this thing that says, what do we do and how does it look and who am I? And, and really get to this simple, to love God and to love other people. Because here it is, even though, and this is just the nature of God, who even though he knew every sin that you ever committed died for you, and because he's the king of kings and has all authority, and, and, and basically Christ, we know this, that he says, all authority in heaven and under earth has been given unto me. So he had it, amen? Even though he had that authority, you know what he said? He, let's look at the word of God, because what he said, he didn't say, I command you, thou do it this and walk away is he loves them into the kingdom, as he loves them to his purpose so that they would understand. He says this, and we look in uh, John 15, 10. And he's trying to here to talk to his disciples as he's talking to us to unravel this mystery, to make it simple for us, but to understand there is a purpose here. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments, and I have abided in his love. Just what I was just saying, that he's not asking you to do anything that he didn't do. It says, and I believe this, we are commanded to follow the commandments that Christ followed, and what we find in those commandments is the will of God, the purpose for God. Coming on down to John fifteen twelve, and this is the thing that I was saying a second ago is that even though he had all authority given unto him, where he could have just said, look, this is how it is. There's no black and white. There's no nothing. I think we have to really look at this because this is, this, is, this is Christ always looking for the need of you and me and always trying to reconcile or bring you and I to a closeness to the Father. And you see, he could have said, yes, it's this way, but he always gives us the choice. He always gives us the choice that we'll either will listen and obey or we won't. And here's what he says. This is my commandment, that you love one another. Y'all starting to get this repetitious thing again? We just said this commandment I tell you to love, and then we said it again. And now he's saying it for the third time in a little bit. Three times. You think that's important? Amen? So come on, follow me here. It says that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. See, there again, he's, he, he, he's painting a picture. He's taking what is confusing and what doesn't, and he's making it real simple. He's letting you know who you are. When you hear his voice... He's letting you know who you are, and he's telling you what he expects you to do. It's not hard. It says, no longer, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know his master's, uh, what his master's doing. Another translation is a servant doesn't know his master's business. But as Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling them exactly what his business is. And he's telling us in this exactly what his business is. And it says, 
But I have called you friends for all things I have heard from the Father. I have been made known to you. That as we understand that we receive this, we have received it not just for ourselves, but for others. That Christ came, as he said, he came that, that all who would believe in him shouldn't perish, but shall receive eternal life. It's a reason, it's a purpose for that. And now he's passing it to us. Let me ask you something. And I, that's pretty simple. Amen? How often do you try to make it harder than that? How often do you sit there and ask yourself, God, what is, what, what is this am I supposed to be doing or how am I supposed to do this? Do we, make it, do we make it about how much Bible we know or how long we pray? Because, see, what happens is the world and, and people, th- this serving others in ministry is not what we know or what we do only. It's not. And, see, part of the church today, you know, we will program and program and program people to death. We have a program for this. We have a program for that. To, to meet this need, meet that need. And all of a sudden, no, 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 we have so many programs that no needs are adequately being met. You know why? Because we're full of things to do, but we're not loving people through the way of it. And that's not what God's called us to do. He's not called us to make this thing complicated and to build it more and more. It's the simple. That's the mystery of the gospel. These things that men want to build up over and over and over again and make it this big complicated thing so that we can feel good about ourselves and say, well, my church did this or we did this or I did this over here. It's not the simplicity. The simplicity of the gospel is that, that all were reconciled by the blood of Jesus Christ and that every gift is given in him and that if we'll love people the way he loved us, then the the reconciliation that was started in Christ continues. But are we more concerned in listening to that and knowing that our part is to choose to obey His Word and to love? Are we looking for something else to do to say, look at me? Because what happens is, as a church, when we look at all these churches, and I'm not trying to cast a finger, but if we're going to be an effective part of this community, it's not going to be in, in God's plan for changing this. It's not going to be in more and bigger programs and things like that. It's going to be when we decide to really love each other and go out there and care and meet the needs of those around us. And that doesn't mean, and what that means is where you go to school, there are needs where you teach. There are needs that God has for those when, where you're at Georgia Southern. If you're in the construction business, God has needs and desires. There are people that need to be reconciled to God, and He has sent you to bridge those gaps. Well, so how do I do this? What does it look like? What should I do? Well, He said, number one, listen to me, and I've told you what to do. Love me, seek me first, and love other people. And if you'll do that, I'll give you every spiritual blessing, and I'll take care of fulfilling my purpose. Amen? But, you know, the, what gets hard for us is that we always want to go back to this box. We, we, we want to see it. We, we, we try to make it more difficult and more complex than God ever intended it to be.
want, I want you to think about something. Now, I've said it three times in, in, in this, and so when you say something three times, it's generally pretty important, you know, unless you're stubborn like me, and then sometimes it takes four, maybe even Peter, amen? The Bible says that, you know, John 3.16, you know, even my little nine-year-old, she walks around singing it in the house. It's a really it's a blessing. You go to football games and you see John 3.16 posted up everywhere. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. You see, the love of God begins to compel us to move past ourselves so that this ministry of reconciliation, this thing that God has, has set with Christ can be carried on with us. Why don't you take just a second, famous scripture, everybody can say it, and I want you to put, God so loved the world that he gave his, you put your name in there. That you put your name in there. It could be that God so loved the world that he gave his son Mike so that who would believe in him, not Mike, but God, should, so that who, who would believe in him because of him should not perish but receive eternal life. That, Bo, that, that you can say that scripture, that understand part of God's plan for you in serving in ministry is that God gave his son Bo so that who would, those who would know God more that would believe in him and not perish. And so what's happened is, is we begin to see in this servicing thing, through Christ, we have been given, and now we can go to the scripture in uh, Corinthians, we have been given the task of Christ to continue the things that he started when I started today. The first thing that I said when he read that scripture from Isaiah was he was establishing his ministry of service and need to, to restore what was broken in this world. Now all things are of God and who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Big words sound real churchy. Here's the deal. As quickly and simply as I can say it. What Christ started here, what he brought here, and what he made available by his blood, he's given to you and me to continue. Amen. To, to, to continue and to be a part of this. And the thing I would tell you, that's a daunting task because he, here it is. Most of us go, well, I can't do that. That's not me. Uh, that, that, that puts us back to that stage. I'm not a minister. And when I when I'd say that, I would challenge you this. When you hear, I'm not a minister, I would challenge you with this, but... Have you received love? If the answer is yes, then that question I have for you is, are you willing to give it? Because that's what he's called you to do. The thing that I would put before you this morning is that if you haven't received this love of God that I'm talking about, then I will say this, that probably everything that I've told you today is a mystery. It sounds like goopity-goo. Because if you don't know the love of God, and I'm over here talking about the love of God and what it compels you to do, it is a mystery. If you're trying to, to, to work this out in your own power and own strength, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense either because it's so simple. If we're ever, the Bible says that 
that we're to esteem others greater than ourselves. If we're ever going to get past ourselves, if we're ever going to get past ourselves and to fulfill the purpose that Christ has for us here, we have to begin to understand the simplicity of it. We have to understand that it's real and, it, and, and it, 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 this is what we've been called to do. To be, to esteem one another and to love one another before ourselves. I would say this, and then I'll, I'll close. And, 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 and y'all probably thinking, I'll be glad when Brandon gets back. And that's okay, too. Is that if this hasn't made sense to you, if you've not been in church and, and you don't understand what I'm saying, it's, it really is as simple as what I'm saying. Is that God loves you. He gave his very best so that you could know him, so that you could be made whole, so that everything that would be broken in your life, that everything, every need that you have can be met. It's that simple. Amen. If you've been in church all your life and you've been trying to do religion and you've been trying to figure these things out in programs and you say, man, and, I, and you're exhausted, and you're exhausted by trying to beat this, this image of what, of what God's supposed to be called you to do, I want you to hear something. It's this simple. He's called you to lean on Him and to love people and to love Him. It's that simple. If you've made it about any other thing other than that, you know what? It's okay. Because the simplicity, the simplicity of it is, is all we've got to do is open our eyes and receive what it really is. And as Allison spoke earlier today, he's willing to come and take all that stuff, all the stuff, as he said, she said today, I'm sorry. He is. He's available today for all of you, whether you know him and, and, and you don't know him, because his heart the whole time has been to make you whole. So if you haven't been whole, he's sorry. Now come to him and get whole. And if you spent most of your life in church trying to figure out what this thing is and wearing yourself out and making it more difficult for yourself, he's sorry because that's not what he meant either. He wants you to come and, and let him have his way with you. It's the love of God. It's what it compels us to do. Just questions. But I tell you this, we won't ever really get an understanding of it thinking about ourselves. You can't. You won't. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. It's that the Bible says we're to be imitators of Him. Where are you looking where are you looking when you're starting looking for the purpose? And what is the love of God compelling you to do? What's your motivation in that? Just questions. And know this, that no matter what the answer is for you right now, He loves you dearly. He loves you dearly. Amen? Amen. Amen.